Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Chris Campbell, and welcome to a very special episode of Legible Scrolls to Prove a Villain. We are behind the scenes today with a bunch of my fellow actors, as well as the creative lead on our project. And uh, am I the only one that can can talk right now? Can everyone say hi? Hi. Hi. Hello. Off the faces. <laughs> Let Excellent. And we are doing a Google Hangouts for this, so I apologize ahead of time for any technical mishaps we may have. We're we're very new to this, but it's very fun. We all get to get together, and we don't get to do that very often, do we, guys? Nope. Not nearly enough. No. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go around and uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, Kyle, let's start with you. Start with me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm the uh, head writer and sort of creative major domo of this uh, thing. Uh, started the ball rolling and then got all these crazy creative type people to uh, come along on our little adventure. Um, and it's uh, and we're pretty proud of our first season. Cool. Excellent. And and uh, I should add, uh, make sure to introduce your characters to who you played. Uh, Amy, how about oh, you? Besides writing the episodes, yeah. and I was also the question. Oh, yes. I would do the voice, except that this is pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> You are yourself as the question. Okay, Amy. Hello, I'm Amy Shaw, and I played, let's see, Cupid, and <laughs> it was a while ago, sorry, I should have had some notes. I played Cupid, I played Catwoman, and I played Poison Ivy. I had a ball. Excellent. Kim. Hi, I'm Kim. Uh, this is really easy, especially going after Shaw. Uh, I was the Golden Glider. We had won the season, and I'm okay with that because Shaw is magnificent, and we love her. Excellent, Ryan. Which one? Oh, that's oh, right. Sorry. There's two of us. Uh, writer Ryan. Oh yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Ryan Dalton, author and uh, recently um, amateur voice actor, uh, and uh, I. Did some story consultation uh, on the series with Kyle. We kind of brainstormed some stuff before he went off and wrote the, uh, the scripts. I also played Lex Luthor. Mwahaha. <laughs> Excellent, thank you. And Tucson Ryan. Oh. Oh, I see his lips moving, but nothing's coming out. I'm not hearing any audio. Crazy. <laughs> Which is. Slightly ironic, as he is the voice of <laughs> <laughs> at the end. Uh, he's the one that says, uh, you know, gives the uh, legible scroll presents. Can you? Can you? Can you? Is he still out? Okay, let's move to Steve. Steve. Okay. Okay. Moving on. And Steve is. Steve is muted. Steve is muted too. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we can't get video on him, but we can still hear him. Excellent. And Jelly. Hi, uh, I'm Shannon Jelly, uh, and my uh, part of the whole deal was just, you know, being a very young and 
curious, aspiring writer wanting to know what makes uh, supervillains and rogues tick. That's awesome. Thank you. And let's go back to Mr. Fitzpatrick. Oh, oh no. no. May have to try logging out and logging back in. A couple people, other people had to do that a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Yes. As I, as I, <laughs> have you tried turning it off and back on again? As I said before, it's uh, we're, we're using Google Hangouts, and it's not the most perfect system ever, but uh, there are some technical difficulties. And we, we promise he has a beautiful voice, and he is very <laughs> well-loved on our team. He is, he is the wonderful man, that, the, the producer of the show, right? He, he did all of the technical, uh, audio-technical uh, work, as well as um, uh, he's our outro guy. He says thank you to all of our wonderful viewers every episode, right? That's right. I'm not sure if I'm missing anything. Just Ryan, just, just move your lips and we'll speak for you. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> you're welcome. Yell says, you're yes, welcome. Uh, I'll Love speak it. for Ryan and say that he did lots of the technically soundy stuff and, you know, put things together that on their own weren't so awesome and made some really great scenes happen, especially when we had multiple actors in a scene. So... Um, I don't know if you were trying to explain that, Ryan, but I know that you really took care of that end of it and made it sound really good. <laughs> so <laughs> he did that. Can you now hear me at all? Yes! yes. Yay. Yay. So, so my job was the technical aspect of that? <laughs> <laughs> About that. Yeah. yeah, as everyone said, um, yeah, I, I helped out with the, uh, producing it along with Shannon Jelly. Um, and I, I had the privilege of, uh, of doing uh, the outro. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> just had a good time with it. It was, a, it was a great opportunity and great people to work with. So thank you to all of these fine people to making it an awesome experience. Excellent. I'm glad that we were able to get everyone to introduce themselves. That's excellent. <laughs> so uh, Kyle, let's turn it back over to you and the inception of this idea. Where, where did you start with this? When, when did you get the idea? this should be a thing, this should be a podcast, and, you know, how, how did it come to you, and where did you go with it? Uh, it started out as we were working on some of the uh, projects we did for Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, in addition to the podcast, we also appear at conventions, and we do script readings and, and hopefully some other stuff. Um, but uh, while we were doing one of the the rehearsals for that we started talking about other things that we could do, and I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I've never really figured out exactly what to do with it. And we just started in the room, kind of started brainstorming about what would be done. And I sort of brought up an old idea that I had wanted to do for a while, which was I'd always had this idea for doing a group therapy session at Arkham Asylum. So having all of them, all the supervillains sort of in the room at the same time, all bouncing off of each other, that would be fun. And so it was, as we sort of went around, it's like, well, we could do one-on-one -on -one, and then it became what if we could do that like that someone's interviewing them and it just sort of started steamrolling from there. Uh, and then I sort of started thinking about a couple of the idea and I went away that night and actually wrote the first episode <laughs> because I was, uh, the idea just sort of already came to me and then the whole thing laid out. And then with, uh, with uh, Mr. Dalton's help, uh, I was able to sort of uh, come up with a, a straight up narrative down the way as he is the, is the professional writer amongst us, uh, the published author. Um, uh, and then uh, sort of started to bring everybody else on board and say, okay, I've got this weird idea and I need a lot of actors and uh, what do you guys think and who would be down for it? And everybody sort of jumped at the chance. 
Hooray. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I've certainly enjoyed uh, taking playing my parts as well, and I forgot to introduce myself besides just saying I'm Chris. Uh, I play the Riddler, the Trickster, and I believe a small cameo as Nightwing as well for, for one of our fellow actresses' uh, um, episodes. But yeah, no, everybody is, you know, it's a great cast. I love all you guys, and I'm happy to be a part of this. Um, I know everybody else is here. Um, so uh, let's let's go around one by one. And um, most of you are new new to voice acting, right? What what I want to know the challenges you guys uh, kind of faced with uh, trying to be somebody else, if that makes sense. You know, things that you might not have. Uh, not of a thought about that you need to really think about when you really get into these characters. And uh, let's start again from Sean, keep going. Okay, um, for me, one of the biggest challenges was not hearing the recording after I'd done it. So this was recorded blind, just one, maybe two takes uh, of the entire thing. There was no stopping and starting. So you just basically make a choice as an actor, quote unquote, you make a choice and you just go with it and you are locked into that choice uh, through the whole thing and you have no idea what you could improve or not improve. So it's out there for all time based on that one decision that you make. Um, the second thing that I think was tough was uh, I had two characters that I thought might have really similar voices. One was um, Catwoman and the other was Poison Ivy. And it had been a while in between recording them. And since I hadn't heard Catwoman, I really wasn't sure what Poison Ivy was going to sound like. And I didn't want them to sound like the same character. So hopefully there was enough of a difference between them. But if I had to do it again, I would uh, I'd make Poison Ivy just a little bit sexier. <laughs> she is so you mean your regular self, right, Shaw? Is that what you're, is that what you're telling me? Because you had to tone it down a little bit for the recording, right? <laughs> you know. There's only so much we can handle, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's too so late. I oh, spent a lot of time listening to all of your voices. That was a really great Poison Ivy you did. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, I think Kyle's exact words to me when I asked him about, you know, ah, Poison Ivy, I'm not sure how, which one to go for. There's been so many iterations of her. And he said, anything but Uma Thurman. <laughs> oh, like, like, that's a huge range that I could go for and, and hopefully, yeah, something worked out. Cool, cool. Yeah, you, you did a smash-up job. Definitely brought the femme fatale to the series, for sure. I loved it. I was grateful to play those characters. <laughs> Kimberly, what about you? Um, I, I would agree. I think um, I'm definitely a, a feed-off of other people actress, so it's mm -hmm. hard when I'm on my laptop in my room across town from these people um <laughs> and so i think in my recording it was kyle steve not steve um crumbs now i can't remember because it was so long ago it was so long ago so much has happened since then um <laughs> i think it was scott because it was scott. We, were doing, we were doing uh you and your brother you were you captain cold mm -hmm. and glider back to back so it was you, me, Jelly, and Scott, and that was it. Just four people. Um, oh, no, Ryan was there, wasn't he? He was consulting us, maybe. No, I just wish you were there. That's what it was. Um, and so it's really hard trying to feed and um, not read the scripts a bunch of times, I think, was the hardest thing for me, too, because I didn't want to sound over-prepared, um, because it was very much supposed to be organic and, and give a life. And, and so for me, it was really hard being by myself in my room 
closed off, headset on, and that was it. So um, I am definitely a feed off of other people kind of girl. So it was kind of hard. But you managed to overcome it. Somehow, somehow, even though my laptop <laughs> tried to die in the middle of it, too. Oh, while you're reading the script? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That is definitely, you know, technical difficulties are definitely the worst because you never feel more out of control, you know, when when your phone dies or your computer dies or, you know, maybe you're trying to talk and nobody can hear you, right? When your microphone doesn't work? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was one, one of the many fun technical challenges we had in this project. Good oh, times, boy. Right? Jeez. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Mr. Dalton, what about you? Uh, so uh, I really actually enjoyed getting in Lex Luthor's head. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle can attest to the fact that we, we had a couple of conversations about where I was just trying to figure out which Lex I wanted to be. Um, and ultimately, I like the Lex that feels like a dangerous aristocrat, uh, and, and the guy who is kind of a balance of uh, arrogant, but uh, you, you could see that there's kind of a kind of a thug underneath as well. And uh, he's got this veneer of finery, but but he's you know nasty underneath. And um, so I really tried to get a balance of uh, kind of wily, but um, uh, a little bit arrogant, but not overly arrogant, and um, just almost like he he feels like he just deserves whatever he has, and uh, you know tried to kind of let that. Uh, I, I just tried to have fun with it. I figured someone like Lex would probably enjoy being Lex Luthor, so uh, I tried very hard to en enjoy being him and feeling superior uh, <laughs> in the meeting. So I tried. I tried to go. I mean, as much as an amateur can, just a, a little bit method to try to be him, and uh, yeah, I had a ball. <laughs> but you, but you're a, <clears throat> excuse me, you're a writer, so you always have these characters bouncing around and talking to you in your head, right? So it's not like something too strange that you had to work from. Yeah, it definitely helped because I could I could come at it from a point of well, if I was going to write and describe Lex, if I was going to mm -hmm. talk about how he moved and how he spoke and yeah. his manner, how would I do it? Uh, and I, I tried to take that and and craft a you know a voice that would would embody that uh, a, a little bit. So it was fun, you know. I normally am sitting typing when I write. I don't often get to do anything with audio. So uh, being able to to do something more physical was uh, a, a blast. I, I loved it. That's really cool. I'm gonna bounce over to a uh, Steve now. Steve, characters, you are one of the uh, the, the more veteran types on our team that. Uh, have lent his voice talent, isn't that right? Hot, 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 hot.
Yeah, there's already that camaraderie there, which is something that I personally really enjoy. And, um, oh man, I'm going back and thinking about my own characters now. Um, the, the one that I got to play the most, uh, my, my episode, quote unquote, was uh, the trickster, which actually was um, probably one of my the least known character out of all the ones that I've played. So I, I, um, I bounced around on YouTube for a good half a day, kind of looking at some of his, uh, some of his lore and his scenes from different things. Uh, and watching Mark Hamill be the trickster is a lot of fun. Uh, I thought that was a, really interesting to see him, especially after being the Joker for so long, switch to this kind of other tomfoolery sort of person. Um, but I, I actually rather enjoyed uh, the, 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 the cartoon, the animated version of the trickster more. Um, and his, his outfit is, is definitely as zany as I imagine for uh, the inmate that I was portraying in this uh, the scene because uh, Mark Hamill's version, he, uh, from what I, the scenes that I've seen, he was, you know, he's masquerading as this, this business elite guy, so he's not really wearing anything too crazy. Um, but in in the cartoon show, it's just this wild thing that he's he's just this loud, obnoxious thing. And I I tend to wear things like that myself. I wear a lot of Star Wars swag. <laughs> I went to QT this morning or this afternoon, and I was wearing this like this just this outfitted uh, Star Wars jacket, and it has just all of like the characters going up and down it. And the guy behind the counter is like, "Okay, see you later, Darth Vader." I'm just like, <laughs> you know. Um, but I had a lot of fun with the Riddler as well, um, and kind of like how Shaw said, it, I, I, I really wanted to make a distinction between the characters, uh, being you know having all of these different voices, um, and I hope I did a good job myself, you know. Uh, but when you when you really think about where these characters come from and such, uh, it, I guess it helps make that distinction when you get into their heads, you know, the the, the acting method and stuff. And I'm going to shut up now and let other people talk since I'm the moderator. Um, I'm going to jump in here, oh, jump yeah. in here uh, because, uh, well, first of all, uh, I have a, a friend who's a, a diligent listener to the podcast. So he, he often, he'll give me his reviews after every episode. And he had a difficult time believing that the same person was the Riddler and the Trickster and Nightwing. Ah. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah. And ah. I, I, I mean, and, and similar to some of the other casts as well. So it wasn't, I mean, not just, uh, but just as you were talking about it. And he especially thought that Nightwing was really good because that was, oh. like, it was that unexpected thing. You know, all of a sudden he drops in and it was, uh, he thought he, uh, he nailed that. <laughs> so yeah, in, in, the, in, in the super nerdy version of it, I, I tend to think of the our little part as its own, like, parallel universe to all the rest of them. And, yeah. it, uh, like, it, it sits at the intersection of, the animated series, the Arrowverse, and the and the comics. So, like in the Venn diagram of that, then our little thing would be right in the center. So we can pull from all of those things, but don't have to be married to any of that. Plus, I didn't want any actor to actually try and force themselves to sound like Mark Hamill or like Corey Burton or anything out. Just get a little close to it. You can use it as an inspiration, but you know, I didn't expect Ryan to to actually. Uh, try and be Clancy Brown, but in that, <laughs> you know, as I said, you know, you can be a neighbor, you just don't have to live in the same house as them. Yeah, and it's always funny with these characters, too, because, uh, y you know, you, you see these different iterations of characters, and when you're performing as these characters, you, you want to embody everything that they are, right? And it's the same for voice actors doing animation or, you know, live action. Um, 
And so we're just kind of another iteration of that, right? Like we can pull from these inspirations, but they are us. We are embodying them and they are embodying us, right? That's the hope. <laughs> and, and you were also the question for one of the, the, the episodes you said, right, Kyle? Yeah, just because my, my ego knows no bounds. Ah. <laughs> Hey, if you write it, you should get to play at least one of them. That's, that's kind of what I thought. And plus, I, I decided to take one that's uh, one of my favorite characters, but also one that uh, only has sort of one version of it that ever done, so I only I had less to be compared to. I don't have to go up against the great Joker pantheon. And oh, only just me and Jeffrey Combs, that's it. <laughs> that's excellent. Now, Miss Jelly, our... Our infallible reporter, pretty much every episode, you you are of course the central character. You play the the central character to the entire series, as she she climbs the ladder of villains, trying to uh, you know unravel everything, unravel their minds. Uh, are we going to allow spoilers so, here, or are we going to? I, I don't know. I, I was approaching ooh. this in a spoiler-free fashion, but I okay. I don't know. We, we can, I, we can. I, I will defer to you on that. We don't have to reveal the exact ending. Yeah, no, there you go. I, just, um, I don't know. The, I didn't have to play anybody, really, which sounds dumb. <laughs> I mean, I have a character, um, and I didn't obviously actually go and interview any supervillains, but um, the only thing that was of. really challenged for me <laughs> was. Um, doing so many of them out of order all of these episodes because there's definitely an arc to my character but sort of record in chunks and so I would do like four episodes from the very beginning then like a few in the middle then a couple towards the end because that's when people could schedule it and then hop back to the beginning and um it being mostly a a Marvel fan. <laughs> I actually didn't know who most of these characters were going into it, um, which I told Kyle. I was like, I don't know who these people are, so that'll make it really easy to sound curious when, like, I ask them about their life story because I'm genuinely going like, and why did you turn to a life of crime? Like, that, that, those were easy questions to ask. So that part was easy, but the hopping around and trying to stay, stay consistent to the story arc was was really my biggest challenge. And then, um, yeah. But it was fun. I liked hearing different people do different voices. Like, I loved Shaw's Catwoman and... Um, Chris, I really loved your Nightwing. Like, yeah, you. my job was to kind of like fangirl, but not too hard. Like, kind of seem like a member of a boy band, and I felt like you sold that really well and made it really easy for me to be like Nightwing. Like, <laughs> so yeah. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And and uh, how did you see yourself and your character grow as you continued and you recorded these? Um, kind of almost like in some ways, like one step forward, two steps back, because I feel like she would start to get somewhere and feel like she'd have momentum, but then she'd realize she didn't always have control over where that momentum was taking her. And there'd be moments where it's like, oh, I've got this. I'm so awesome. And then it's like, oh, sometimes the world is a very scary place and I don't like it as much. So it just... It depended because, like, there were some where my reactions were supposed to be, like, enthusiastic, and then 
without getting too spoilery, there was one episode that actually just made me really, really sad by the end. And so I don't know, but I felt like my character was the most, cause you know, she wasn't nuts. Um, so normal was kind of easy. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like I'm a horrible panelist. I love moderating, and now I just feel like I don't know what to say. I'm talking now. <laughs> it's hard being lame. on the other side of it, isn't yeah. it? This is lame. Yes, I'm going to a different is. panel. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I'm, I'm having a great time. Don't worry, time. the head counters already came through. You've been counted. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You've already been counted. I'm going to shift gears. Um, Tucson, Ryan, tell us all about your editing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, let's, let's not forget that he played two crucial roles besides being the, the, the driving force behind every right. episode, too. So we need to hear some you, stuff, too. Yes, please. Let's hear your, your characters. He's never really noticed because That's they were true. both heavily edited. <laughs> oh, how dare you? We didn't get that chance. Did you want to play a computer voice? Although I think you would make a fantastic computer voice, Amy. I think you would have done great at it. <laughs> next time around, next time around, you can be Brainiac. Ooh, okay. Female Brainiac. Right? Right? I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, you, you know, or we need some kind of podcast where we make her some kind of like Cylon hybrid. Oh, oh, I'm so down with show. that. <laughs> Don't give me any more story ideas. I got too much to write on. <laughs> Let me grab a pen. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fitz, Fitzpatrick, tell us a little about your characters and what you went through. So um, I played both uh, Brainiac and, and Mr. Freeze, and it was an interesting experience because similar to what other people have said, you know, I did have to at least get a little bit in the mindset of, you know, what these characters are, what they're looking for, which, I mean, it sounds simple when you're talking Brainiac, but to actually truly talk with enough inflection that you're sounding like, you know, it's a normal communication, but at the same time being a little off because it's a computer voice, a disembodied voice, is kind of an interesting challenge. Fortunately, I did get to go back afterwards and re-edit it. So, you know, hey, I can play around with it and make it totally fine. <laughs> but similar with, with, uh, with Mr. Freeze, you know, uh, the editing wasn't as heavy, so you can hear at least a little bit of my voice in there, but it was you know, this very, very cold and kind of dispassionate character. And so, as you know, some of the other people have talked about playing with this mindset of how you get behind, um, you know, talking that way when there's no one on the other side. Because what <laughs> we all know that you all who are watching might not know is that we actually used a, um, a podcasting tool called Takshu to talk with each other in remote places. So, for example, when I recorded Brainiac, I was in uh, Texas, I think. Um, you know, and half of us are in um, Phoenix on a regular basis. Half of us are in Tucson. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of this kind of remote connection and, and the fact that we're not uh, sitting right in the same room. We're not in the same studio. And so that presented some interesting challenges, both from the recording side of it and then from the, you know, audio side of it at the end of the day. We were limited by you know, the, the technical constraints of, of having this recording device. And uh, as some people mentioned, computers going in and out and phone calls dropping because it was a place where you could call in. So it was an interesting experience to sometimes take these pieces that uh, uh, were disparate and uh, broken and perhaps uh, um, smashing them together and, and making them uh, fit. And then, of course, I, I uniquely recorded the outro every single time 
So I don't know how many times I have said it, but you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, you whoa, hold on, hold on. Whoa, you, you did every outro separately? Yes. I what? Wanted to make, I, I wanted to make sure that the, that the flow was proper because every time I had to uniquely identify the episode name, the episode number, the people who were in it, and I didn't just want to smash it together. And it only takes 30 seconds to record. Well, so that actually, one, uh, a couple times I did it, and sometimes I did it on the fly because uh, some, some of these times the editing was done at the 11th hour. Now you know my secret. When it got posted, Why it was never. just... <laughs> to be fair, some of the recordings were at the 11th hour too, so yeah. <laughs> details, details. You can't reveal all the secrets. <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick, was there any uh, technical editing um, on that side of things uh, that you you were worried about, you know, when preparing, when, when we were getting this all together, but turned out to be just like a breeze, you know, like the outro or anything else? I'd say some of the, some of the toughest work he did was on the uh, Magpie 2 episode. We had a lot of technical problems that he had to smooth over, and I can say that was done flawlessly. You would not know. The, the amount of times we had to do that and all the pieces we gave oh, him wow. to assemble an episode for. With, with that one episode, um, I think you had three dropped phone calls. Oh. So, um, you, uh, and and you, they'd actually done two takes, right? Both takes had a dropped phone call. Oh, jeez. Oh, and I was taking like, you know, this part of this take works well and this part of this take works well and smash it together. I never would have known. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. That was probably the most difficult one. But you ask about what was the most maybe kind of I was unsure about. And so um, the first time I added in any um, um, uh, uh, sound effects, uh, I did <laughs> without asking. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, it was, um, um, oh, which episode was it? Um, it was the uh, episode with uh, Peekaboo. Oh, there's, this where, there's this part where there's supposed to be this like vibrating noise to indicate because peekaboo's in the dark to indicate hey you know your time is up and and i was reading the script and and it was well written in a way that if we didn't have anything there it, you would have been able to tell by the audio control or by the uh, by the dialogue that this was what was supposed to happen like the way the characters talk to each other hey what's that beeping noise you know and that would tell our audience Oh, by the way, there was a beeping noise. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I could do that. I could add a beeping noise. So I get out my phone and I set a, um, uh, an alarm, a silent alarm on my phone. I set it next to my laptop and I record it buzzing. And then I edited that into be three or I think it was four separate little and I totally snuck it in there. And it was, <laughs> I totally would have, would have, I wanted to talk to Kyle, but it was probably... 11 o'clock or midnight and so i snuck it in and i said i'm gonna see what happens and the next day kyle sends me a message and says that was fantastic like, <laughs> good yeah, the bad side the bad side of that is once i knew that he had that in his bag of tricks i started saying so what else can you do <laughs> and so then i started doing things like could you find the sound effect for a smoke pellet being dropped in a room and he absolutely did Ooh. Yeah, I set myself up for that one, right? <laughs> you opened the door. But it was fun. It was good times. Awesome. Now, 
Kyle, I want to talk about uh, casting. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you, uh, you 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 created the the character list, you know, far ahead of time. How how did you decide whose voice should go with what character? Uh, a lot of it was just um, seeing. I, 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 some of you I had I had you had done a lot of stuff with uh, for the for the script reads that we had done, but some people I, I barely knew at all. Uh, so a lot of it was if I could find someone that I thought would do very well. Like I, I heard Shaw do a couple things already, so I knew okay I can trust her with you know a, a sort of a bigger character like uh, Catwoman. Um, but then it's also just trying to find the the right person for the right thing because you could have a fantastic actress and a fantastic part and they just don't work that well together so it's trying to match sort of the and, and also how they come across in recording because there's some people who have that's the nice thing about doing it audio is that um, you don't have to have the look so i mean like you can be um you can be wildly different physically than the character taller shorter any any kind of thing and as long as you can do the performance the right way, then none of that stuff matters. So it was trying to, to find that way. And also, then you put stuff out there and, and say, like, I'm looking for this. You know, just discussing it with Ryan you know, and saying, like, oh, I want to have Lex do this kind of thing. It was like, well, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, well, the people who, who jump at it, you kind of go, okay, and then you sort of have to evaluate, like, uh, would they actually be able to pull this off in, in, in such a way? And the nice thing about it having being small is that, you know, if we had gone a half an hour with them, yeah, maybe then it, the cracks might have started to show. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can, you can give a really strong performance if you know that you only have five minutes to get in, get the great stuff, and then get out. But there's a lot of times where, like I said, I had, I had people who I had never heard perform at all before. I just knew them conversationally, and, and they kind of had to match, can they pull that stuff off because acting is, is a, a definite skill. Like as you can see from my episode, I'm a little bit lower on the list. <laughs> being able to pull it off. But um, with, uh, with some of them, uh, you have to be able to um, be able to read the script in front of you. Cause I mean, we don't, we don't memorize like, uh, like I don't, I don't expect all the actors to have them memorized. They're reading the scripts off in front of them, but being able to read and sound like you're not reading is a skill and it is not an easy skill. Like I, I had, I had uh, respect from before when I actually had to do it myself and I realized, Oh, I can't, all, all I can do is listen and respond. I can't be directing at the same time. So thank goodness Ryan was there on that episode that I can be like, was that terrible? Because I really have no idea. Um, so finding people can, who can pull that off uh, was an interesting challenge. And then uh, some of it uh, was also serendipity in terms like with uh, uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick, uh, I knew that there would be a lot of heavy editing. So I kind of, that was the first one I said, okay, so for Brainiac, he's going to be entirely digitally assisted. So can you do that role? And then also put the effects on yourself. Cause I knew that if something had gone wrong, whatever, then he could fix it himself. Uh, so then once he needed to do that, I knew I could hand him Mr. Freeze and it would be absolutely no problem. That's but, very excellent. Those those are some fun calls to make though too because you know we had twenty five uh, I mean I used people multiple times but there's twenty five characters or more actually yeah. when it comes down to it that need to be cast so I got to flip up my rolodex and call some of my friends like to say hey uh, you know like there's a uh, for the guy who did um, Prometheus for me um, 
uh, is, a, is an old friend from uh, probably 10 years ago or so, not an actor, but I knew just because he had this amazing voice that I was like, that's like, I, I sort of just call up out of the blue, like, hey, I know I haven't talked to you in a couple of years, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing this weird thing and your voice would be amazing for that. And could you pull it off? And, and, and I think he absolutely did. And I was, uh, after we had finished the recording and he signed off and Shannon was like, wow, that guy was really good. I said, yeah, the amazing thing is he's, doing Prometheus, he's like this big imposing, he's got this deep voice, and he's this, you know, five foot four Korean guy. Like, he's just this little dude, and he wow. just has this amazing voice. And he doesn't yeah, voice so act at all. I yeah, love exactly. that you didn't so that's, that at the end, because it was, like, so much easier to, like, you know, listen and record and picture him <laughs> as being big and scary and imposing. It wasn't until later that you're like, oh, yeah, no, he's... He's a shrimp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he'll, he'll listen to this and go, "Hey, <laughs> I did you a Next solid." Year you you. Play me, you're gonna, you're gonna reveal me how to. Next year he'll play the lesser-known villain, the shrimp. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll get you, Batman. <laughs> it, it was yeah, there any? Him. What's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we're. we're were there any, um, wh what was your favorite one that you cast where you're like, yes, this is just perfect, you know? I don't know. There's, there's so many of them that, that ended up so great. I, 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 I'm, I'm on most of the recordings. So Shannon handled a lot of it, um, uh, being, having to do double duty acting and directing. But I, I try to get on as many as I can to, to direct. Um, and I always have to have myself on mute because I end up giggling because I'm enjoying listening to it. This stuff come to life so much. Um, uh, one of my favorites was also another, another probably the, my oldest friend um, that I hadn't, we hadn't worked together. We did some stuff and during college and I, we had nothing since. And I sort of called him up and said, you know, would you do this? Would you do Scarecrow for me? Uh, and so he, he read up and I, it was sort of like one of those, yeah, I think this is going to be okay. And then uh, listening to the recording going, oh, this is so much better than I had even anticipated. I mean, with, with uh, most of the legible Scrawl crew, I mean, I, I kind of know what they're about, and, I, and sort of they, you know, they, they either match my expectations or exceed them, but then there's those ones that are far out there that I, I don't know, and I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, the same kind of thing happened with, um, with Batman. When Batman shows up, uh, I had another guy that I had won a screenwriting contest at Phoenix Comic Con a number of years ago, and one of the prizes was I got a reading of of the of that screenplay. And there was an actor there who did the villain in the in the thing that I wrote, and was just amazing. But I had no idea what his name was, never caught it, and hadn't seen it in years. I had to like do all this detective work to like find the video that my wife had shot, and then show it to one of my friends who was in that room and say, do you know who this guy is? And then found it and then contacted him. And then he was able to, to come and do that. And, and I think he was amazing. So I'm hoping to use him again in some of our stuff. But from that, as talking to him about being Batman, he said, well, do you have a Joker yet? And I said, well, well a couple people have, have been interested. Like, why? And he's like, I know a guy and you need to see it. And so he sent us a uh, video of Eric. Uh, and so Eric, uh, and, and, and then I talked to him and then he sent me some audio files of, like I said, pieces of the script and he recorded them and sent it back. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, this guy's good. <laughs> so it was that, uh, um, that serendipitous thing of finding one guy who got us to the other guy and then ends up being, you know, our, our Joker in the season finale. So that, that's always the, the discovery thing is always super fun. 
Well, that's really cool. And and this guy that you tracked down, that you played the the super sleuth on, this is the same guy that beat me up, right? It is. Yeah, he's the one that uh, bopped you on the head and uh, <laughs> took away your big Joker, mon- your big uh, Riddler monologue. I know. I I really liked it. I Riddler was really small in that episode. You know, I mean, but it, it makes sense for the 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 scene that it was that was playing out. But I. I really liked being Riddler in that one, especially like he's like, I'm, I'm awesome. Listen to me go. Yeah. Riddler is one of my favorite villains, but I just, but I, I knew that would be a fun way of doing it because yeah. you put together that list, you kind of go, Oh yeah, of course it's Riddler. And then you sit back <laughs> and kind of expect, you know, this is what it's going to be. And mm-hmm. then you know, I pull the rug out from under you. That was kind of mm-hmm. fun. Kind of like with, uh, with when Magpie comes back too. I kind of like doing that stuff as, yeah, you just do a little bit of how the rhythms of an episode go, and then you do something to shake it up. That was kind of fun. Switching it up, and and it's so funny that you know, what is it Riddler? He's inflating himself, and he's saying, "Let me tell you about everything." And then Batman comes in, and he's like, "No, you're done." <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if, if if you guys have all um, I don't know I. I remember either you or Jelly or somebody making a comment of like, wow, you sounded like you really got knocked out in that one. <laughs> yeah. And I won't lie, for like the, the, the second take when you said that, I literally like, I karate chopped the back of my neck. Just, yeah. just, uh, <laughs> not like super hard or anything. Not like, I didn't like take a hammer to my pain. head. Yeah, but I was just like, okay, listen, if I want to get this right, I'm going to like, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Thank you for suffering for your art. Yeah, of course. That's it's what I do. I went to different rooms of my house for like the different phases, and there's one episode. I won't say which one it was, but I like half hid in a closet for it because <laughs> it was supposed to be like extra dark and scary. I don't know <laughs> if that makes me cool or really lame, but no, you're not into it. Very Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> I'm gonna put on your, uh, uh, your your online profile that you're afraid of closets, so everybody. Knows. <laughs> I just needed a dark and cramped space to feel not like in my own element. It was the Prometheus episode, if that uh, makes any sense. <laughs> and, and I think I think it paid off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That leads into another good question, guys, for, for us actors. How did you guys really get into the characters? What, what were your favorite parts of being these characters? Shaw. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> one, I, I have a cat. I have two cats, actually. I adopted a new one. And they're, she's, she's so, the little female kitten, and she's so, like, feminine and elegant and cannot be bothered with the rest of the world. And I thought, that's exactly how Catwoman sounded in your script. The script that Kyle wrote was so specific to her being annoyed and fed up with where she was at the police station and all. And uh, there's the blogger who wants to talk to me. Fabulous. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use that. So I know it sounds dumb, but all I thought was everything she says is with minimal effort because that's kind of how cats operate, you know, the opposite of Deadpool maximum effort. And uh, that's, that's just what I went with for her. Poison Ivy was just more, I don't know. I kind of pulled it out, but the one that I really, really worked with was, uh, was Catwoman because I had something I could actually work with, which was, you know, trying to sound like a cat, I guess. I don't know if it worked, but like I said, you make a choice and you go with it. Yeah. You get Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
Disney name checking. Well done. <laughs> Kimberly, Kim, Kim, Kimity, Kim. <laughs> um, I would say that it was, it was really nice being to get out of, I don't want to say my comfort zone, but someone who is very much not me. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I am, I'm definitely all about the rules and I'm definitely not about breaking the rules and being a master criminal. Um, and so I think that was really nice was getting into that role and, um, just owning it. Like I felt so freaking fierce, right? Like I was just like, <laughs> no, let's just talk about, let's talk about boys and let's talk about, you know, like it was just, it was really nice that I just got to like, like she became me and I became her. And it was one of those things where it was like a really quick scene. Right. And you don't think about it, but I was like, mm -hmm. I think about it. I'm like, I miss her <laughs> <laughs> because I don't run the red light when no one's around and I don't do this. You know what I mean? So it was just, mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, it was really cool to slip into that. Um, that ego that was definitely 180 from who I am in everyday life and what I've done with my life outside as an adult. <laughs> and so it's, it's really nice to slip into that. And so it's, it helps when you have good writing and can just go right. Like it's hard to explain of just, diving in and going and then that character becoming you so i think that was the that was the nicest and coolest part but i didn't get to follow my cat around i normally kick her out so <laughs> not like i was doing yeah. this to the figuring it out <laughs> i thought shaw for hers she's gonna say that i guess i was stroking my cat the entire time <laughs> that would be awesome are we not no. saying phrasing anymore because that's fine if we're not but <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to remember you waiting at every red light now, Kim. No matter how long it takes. I'm not saying I haven't. I'm not saying I haven't, but I am saying that for the most part, Kim's life has been pretty straight-laced and following a specific <laughs> path, and I am definitely not a master bank robber. No, no, you jumped out of that for the character. No, no, sadly. <laughs> Maybe plans to do. No, I like not being in prison. I'm, oh, I'm quite fond. I'm quite oh, fond okay, of my freedom okay. and and Wi-Fi and, and yeah. hey, they have they have Wi-Fi in prison. Uh, maybe. 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 Perhaps. But if I'm going if I'm going down, man, I'm going for some serious ish. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I get Wi-Fi. I don't do anything half-assed. Let's be real. Let's be real. This is this is Kim Butts, and I do not do anything for us. No butts about it. No butts about it. Okay? No, all butts about it. All butts. All butts. butts I'm also uh, Tina. I'm also Tina Belcher. So <laughs> butts, 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 butts. Sorry. Butts. <laughs> Mr. Dalton. Uh, so I, it's funny. I was telling Kyle recently that I re I realized. I like plain power hungry madmen. <laughs> <laughs> I would have That's never guessed. What a funny <laughs> thing to realize about yourself. <laughs> but you know, especially like I loved playing Lex. Uh, he was he was the one role for season one that I absolutely was dying to play. We're talking about who I may play in, in season two, and there's a a part that I'm asking for that, that will allow me to go even deeper down that rabbit hole, which is dangerous. I don't know. But uh, uh, again, I guess it just, I, I, it was fun just really owning that. And, and um, 
uh, you know, f- you know, for stepping into uh, into the suit of a guy who felt superior in every way, uh, and just kind of letting that ooze through my voice. And even as I was like sitting in the chair and recording, I I tried to sit with um, you know a certain posture that that I would have sat sat with if we were right in front of each other. One that, yeah. that's just kind of um, uh, quietly arrogant and uh um uh you know it, it's because it, they you know, they say that you know whatever you do physically is going to go into your voice you'll you'll hear it even if it's subtle um so yeah I, d- I tried to just be him as much as possible i would smirk when i thought he would smirk um and yeah it was it was fun just to to, to be someone like that for a little bit it was it was uh it was cool yeah i would definitely do it again and you didn't even have to shave your head <laughs> i didn't have to shave my head yeah, <laughs> which was nice. Okay. Uh, Best yeah. part. Best part ever right there. <laughs> totally. Mr. Fitzpatrick with the, the cold and the calculating. So, that, yeah, both of those were, were actually kind of fun because um, I, I remember in particular that in both scripts, there was a moment of, well, for, for, for Brainiac, there was this moment of unintended humor well, like it was intended from <laughs> Kyle's perspective, but like Brainiac says something in a certain way and he means it very, very literally, but you're going to hear it and you're going to kind of, if not laugh, you know, kind of chuckle to yourself <laughs> by that. So it was kind of fun to, to find that taking yourself very, very seriously as a computer would and being completely 100% all the time literal and yet still having this somewhat... <laughs> emotional framework that he's trying to put out there and it's in a conversation that is anything but so that was just a lot of fun just finding that little nuance but i really enjoyed uh mr freeze because there's a moment in there where well i mean basically without spoiling anything he spends the entire time on like a soapbox like preaching to to uh to shannon right so he's on like the emotions are awful and you all should hate yourselves for having emotions and I'm going to kill them in myself and try to kill them in everyone else kind of is the mindset, which is just a fascinating way to approach it because he's also emotionally getting on a soapbox and almost yelling at her the entire time. So it was this fun balance. And then he gets this moment where he talks about his wife and it's this like 180 flip that was fun too. So it was a good time. I, I'm just personally sad that we didn't get some uh, some Schwarzenegger, some heavy Schwarzenegger with the oh, ice to meet you. <laughs> that was a conversation that happened. I mean, it was really like, like you know, we could that. do that. We could have all those guys show up too. And, uh, <laughs> maybe as a maybe as a side thing. <laughs> it it it'd be funny. To kind of you know, if ever possible, you know, we have we have all these colliding universes to see these multiple you know iterations of these characters, you know, see each other and be like, really, you're me. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're just so drastically different. Especially Putting all those jokers in a room would be a very <laughs> interesting time. That would be bad. That would be very bad. Mr. Steve. You still with us? 
is he with us? I, I don't see him on our camera anymore. I just saw him. Ah. Uh. Oh, jeez. Danger zone. That's cool. And what was your your favorite part of those being those characters for each one? <laughs> like some people. Wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> Oh no. I think is that it? Did he did he just yeah. he's gone. Well yeah. actually gone. Oh, he managed and to say my phone died before it died. That was great. Wow. <laughs> make an exit. He's Wait like a, a three second wizard. He knew it would die right yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Pro, pro, pro Steve, pro. <laughs> and, and Shannon, uh we got we gotta wrap up soon, but uh Jelly, tell us tell us your favorite part of you have you have, you know so much time. What was your one favorite part? Oh jeez. Um just one. Just one. <laughs> just one. Um it was actually really hard. Like there were some episodes that I just I really liked the way they were written. I loved recording Dalton's Lex Luthor, not just because I like the character, and it was one of the characters I knew, and it was a character that would make sense for my character to know. That makes any kind of sense, if you followed that at all. But um, that was one of the ones where um, Kyle was on it, and there was actually some back and forth about like how we wanted that episode to end, and like the pacing of some of his lines, and it just that was one where I kind of felt like things came together in a neat way because it didn't stick exactly to the script, but it became something that fit really well. Um, I don't know. I really also, I don't know. Tucson Ryan was a big help too, though, because with the Mr. Freeze one, like that was one that I was encouraged to have a little bit more fun with. So that was mm -hmm. good too. So yeah. So we'll call it a tie with the Ryans. <laughs> nice. The Ryans got it. He got it. <laughs> they I'll got take it. it. They know what they're doing. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jelly. And one last question I have for you, Kyle. You know, there's so many questions. We, we, we filled this time so too easily. You know, there's so much to talk about still. I want to look to the future. Where, where are we going next? What, what, do, you, what do you have planned next? What are you, what are you excited about? Uh, well, we are in production on season two right now. Um, uh, things are, are coming together. Uh, we are venturing over into the Marvel Universe for this one. Uh, seeing some of those characters showing up, um, I don't. I, I don't know with with uh, this hitting at the same time as the holidays. I don't think we're going to make 2016 for that. Um, we'll probably we'll probably uh, be more in the spring. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I, I, if if all goes well, there will be besides this, there will be a a special one off episode that will uh, air uh, before Christmas. Um, mm. Uh, that's something to tide you over until uh, until we can launch fully in the in the new year. Uh, but then uh, we I've already sat down and figured out what I'd like to do for seasons three and four and five. So there's at least that much uh, ahead of us. Uh, we could as long as as long as the actors keep showing up, and it's not just me <laughs> trying to do all the voices. Uh, you know, we'll keep going. So we'll and be busy forever, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can, as long as you still got a voice. I got I got words for you. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll keep showing up as long as you keep writing them words. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you very much, Chris, for hosting this. I, I appreciate yes. the heavy lifting. Yeah. No, not a problem. I I enjoy it. I love talking to you guys. I love you know doing this. That's that's why we're all moderators, right? You love talking. It's okay. World. You can say it. I love talking to people. Love them. Right. And Shaw, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. You're so welcome. Thank you. Mr. Dalton. He's gone. Lex Luthor's in his place, and you're welcome. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'm terrified now. I'm very scared. <laughs> a little hot. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> hey, wait, can I go? <laughs> Jelly. Too normal, right? Was that was that in character? I don't don't even know why. I don't play in characters until next season. (laughs) She's not used to being the last episode, right? I mean, what was that? She's just not used to being the last thing we hear at the end of an episode. That's right. I know, right? And it was uh, it was a delight to also have Mr. Steve with us as well, who who predicted his phone's death just moments before. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys. I'm Chris Campbell, and I will see you next season. Yay! Goodbye. Yay. Bye. 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 Ryan for the close. This has been a legible scroll production of To Prove a Villain Behind the Scenes, written by no one in particular, starring Amy Dawn. Chris R.K. Campbell, Kimberly Butts, uh, Kyle Olson, Ryan Dalton, Shannon Jelly, Steve James, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to remind, uh, to remind you that no villains were harmed in the recording of this show. Thank you for joining us on this villainous escapade. Follow us on Twitter at Legible Scroll. Check out our Facebook page or drop by our website, LegibleScroll.com, where you're going to be the first to know what we cook up next. You're welcome. Woo! Nice. Hey! Boom!